I'm excited about this new uh, series that we decided a long time ago to kick off this year. I've been, I, just to let you know ahead of time, I've been kind of deep in the abyss of this study. Uh, part of it was because we wrote a book and wanted to bring that to you as a resource. Uh, so I've been kind of deep into it. My goal in this series as January hit was to rise back to the surface and to take as many of you down, back down there with me. Is that cool? All right, so that's what you know. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm ready to dive down deep into this. And, and, and just to give you the bottom line, the, the, the subtitle of the series of Gifted, as we walk through this, is to unleash the power within. And that is the bottom line of this next four weeks of the series. If you wonder what we're talking about, that's the only thing we're talking about. All right? Everything else that happens, uh, understanding you might get, other things that happen, they're all fringe benefits. The bottom line, the target on the wall, the goal for this series is to unleash what we believe is the power that already resides in us because of the Holy Spirit of God. That's, that's the goal of the series. So let's walk through why we believe that, why, why we kind of come to this place. Let's talk about gifts uh, for just a minute. Is that my next slide? Yeah, let's talk about gifts. Well, you know, we just came through Christmas. Tell me if you experienced this. There are gifts that you get that are functional that you use, right? Nod your heads if you're with me. Yeah, very easy. You know, there's a bike, it's a car, it's a scooter, it's whatever. It's a, it's a weird thing to shave the weird beard you have, right? Like that, there's gifts you use. And then there's gifts you preserve. And sometimes these are things you collect. Sometimes these are just things like artwork. They're just things that you kind of, you put in display cases or you kind of look at them in awe. You appreciate them, but they're really more gifts that you preserve, right? You preserve them and you appreciate them without actually using them. And then you get caught in the middle where there's sometimes something that was given to you that was functional, but you don't know what it is and you don't know how it works. And you just go, oh, thank you, Right? I've always wanted one of these, right? And the problem that we see with gifts in terms of talking about spiritual gifts is that is how the majority of Christians view spiritual gifts. They are functional. They are something that have been given to you to use, but we actually don't know how to do it, and we don't know what they are, and we end up kind of just kind of appreciating them as, as something we would preserve. Isn't that nice what God gave me? That's just not why they were given. Matter of fact, Peter, as one verse we'll use throughout the series, Peter says that God has given each of you, again, talking to the church, talking to his people, say God's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. What's those two words say? Use them, right? Use them well to serve one another. These gifts were not given to preserve. These gifts weren't given for you to appreciate from afar. These gifts that God's given you the fact that you've been gifted, they are given to you to, say the word out loud, use, right? To use them. That's why you've been given gifts. And we believe, especially from a big context, you had to be a part of our series last month or last year in December in terms of talking about the Trinity. We believe everyone has been gifted. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've stepped across that line of faith, because of the Holy Spirit in you, you have been empowered with spiritual gifts. That's what we believe. Our goal, our, at least my goal in this series and through all that we're going to be talking about is to help unleash that power within you. That's, that's the goal. We believe every one of you has it. Now, if you've, if you've not crossed that line of faith, we're glad you're here. If you're somebody who's just kind of back into the spiritual journey, you wouldn't claim to be a Christian, that's fine. We're glad you're here. But this series is directed to, it's pointed to an understanding that number the very first gift we receive is Christ. So that is a gift we've been given. But then once that gift has been received and accepted, we have been empowered. There is power to our gifts. And again, most Christians say, what gifts? What gifts? What are you talking about? 
we, we have a weird terminology between gifts and talents and abilities. And sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll have somebody at work and you'll be like, well, that guy's just so gifted. That girl is so gifted at what they do. And oftentimes we're talking about abilities or talents or something. That, and then, you know, the reality is talents in you are still given to you by God. If you believe that God created you, you're still, you're still given a talent. So that's still given to you. We're talking very specifically about spiritual gifts. That, that because the Holy Spirit lives in you, because God has now has a plan for your life, you're now on part of the you're now a part of something larger than yourself. That means you've been given spiritual gifts. You have been gifted. That's what we want to make sure comes across in this conversation. That you have been gifted, that I've been gifted. And that there, even though we could talk about, we'll do it over the next four weeks, the individual gifts, those gifts are given to you to experience the power of God in your life. Now, for many of you, you've, you've, you're, 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 you're already maybe, how many have your one word for the year already? Let's just raise your hand. This is a journey thing, and, you know, some other people have done it as well. All right, that's just cool. A few of you got your one word. How many made New, New Year's resolutions? Just raise your hand if you made New Year's resolutions. Yeah, good. All right, you've kind of already moving into this place at the beginning of this thing into this year. How is this year going to be different? How, what am I going to do? What? So let me just kind of throw this at you. I really do believe one of the reasons we want to do Gifted here right now in January is because I personally believe that many, many believers who feel stuck, many Christians that feel stuck, especially in not experiencing what they feel like they should be experiencing in their Christian walk, in their Christian life, has a lot to do. There's a lot of things that it could be, but there's a root cause, which I believe has something to do with not experiencing the power of God in your life. That your life, when you approach Christianity without understanding that you've been empowered by God, your life, it looks like it's just a little bit more polished than anyone else's. That makes sense? With your behavior, it looks a little bit more polished on the outside, but it doesn't look that different on the inside. We believe that life that he's given you and the fact that he's gifted you, there's, that these gifts are key to unlocking and unleashing the power of God in your life if you would just begin to understand and use these gifts. So how I want to approach today as we start the conversation is I want to talk about the hurdles, right? I want to just talk about some of the reasons we're not experiencing it. Just some of the reasons why some of us feel stuck. Why 2018 very well potentially could go by in a flash just like 2017 and nothing changed. But it's possible. You know that's possible. I want to talk about the hurdles that we have, the way in which we're not experiencing the power of God in our life the way we should. And that's going to be our gifted journey over the next several weeks. Today we're just starting with the hurdles. I want to walk you through several, but the first one is going to be the one we spend most of our time on, and it's called Why We Don't Understand or Experience This Power, and it's misunderstanding. It's actually a phrase uh, that Paul uses. If you want to turn in your Bible, you can go to 1 Corinthians 12. I'll put it up on the screen for those watching online. But 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's, I'm going to spend a great deal of verses in here. He's talking about the spiritual gifts that we are given, and he's talking specifically to a church that kind of, kind of understood it, but, but they didn't really understand it. They, were, they had a misunderstanding. These are the words he uses to help them in response to this letter. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 1. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question, because oftentimes when Paul wrote letters, he was responding to the churches. He was responding to questions that he received. And Paul was really bad at this. We all learned this in grade school, that when you respond to a question, what do you do first? You repeat the question, right? Sometimes he doesn't do that in all his letters. In this one, he says, hey, I'm going re- to respond to you regarding the questions about special abilities. Special abilities that the Spirit gives you and has gifted you with. He's talking about these gifts. He says, I don't want you to, what's the word? Aloud. 
don't want you to misunderstand this. Like, like you, you're engaging in it, but you don't really understand it. And matter of fact, there's a misunderstanding, which means there's a misapplication, which means there is a misguided view of something. A little bit later on he, in verse 4, he says, you know, look, there are different gifts. There's different, gifts, gifts, uh, different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Spirit who's the source of all of them. Going back to the Trinity conversation we had in December, he continues to say there's different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Paul just kind of bringing it all back to the center, saying, look, I know, and we'll, we'll do this over the next several weeks, you know, God gives some gifts, and the Holy Spirit gives gifts, and Jesus gives gifts, and it could be confusing, but the reality is, when you understand the Trinitarian understanding of God, it's all one God, it's all one Spirit, it's through the Spirit that all this comes together. And then he reveals its primary purpose, right, not just to use them, but he goes on to say this in verse 7, to help and serve one another, help and serve each other. This is the verse. A spiritual gift is given to help each of us so we can help each other, right? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's the primary purpose of why you've been given spiritual gifts, to help each other. There's a reason that we have to help each other because he's going to go into this big explanation about how these gifts function like, what they're like, because he wants to give an explanation. Matter of fact, Paul, if you've ever wondered about the Apostle Paul, one of his spiritual gifts is teaching. He has the ability to take very complex things and break them down into something that's understandable, you know, for us lay people. Nod your head if you're with me, right? We appreciate Paul, right? We appreciate teachers in our life who can take the complex, like taxes, right, and make them understandable for me. That's what Paul does. He says, look, there's all the same spirit. It's all the same God. They're given to you, just to make sure you know, to use to help one another, to help each other. Just like Peter said, well, you know, they're to use and use them to serve each other well, to help each other well. And then he goes into a beautiful description of how they work. Again, this is in response to the church that had a misunderstanding of gifts. So he goes on to say this. This is after he kind of shares a little bit about specific gifts, which we'll go over in the next few weeks. I don't want to get bogged down in specific gifts today. But he goes over kind of the big idea of gifts, and then he says this. You know, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. He said, this is, this is how I'm going to choose to explain this. He says, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. He goes on to say, and if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye... How would it hear? Deep stuff right here, right? It's deep. Very complex. He goes on to say no. Or if you were the whole body were an ear, how would it smell anything? He continues on and says, but our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. He's, you know, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. This is important to the argument that Paul is making with the church. How silly would that look? Like how, that's not a body. He goes on to say, Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. He says, in fact, some of the parts that seem the weakest or least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with greatest care. 
So he's getting that, he's going down that section too. He says, we carefully protect those parts, right? That should be not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require that special care. He says, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. He says, this makes for, what's the word? Say it out loud. This makes for harmony. Talking about the whole body. He says, among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And he ends this statement, this whole line of reasoning with this beautiful verse here. He says, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Matter of fact, let's just all read that verse out together out loud, right? Say, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Matter of fact, let's do something weird. Just look at somebody else and repeat the words, okay? I'm going to read the verse, you repeat the words. Just look at somebody beside you. Look at somebody beside you. Help me out, people, all right? Look at somebody beside you and say, all of you are part of Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. Okay, now you're comfortable. Go look at somebody else, all right? And say, all of you are Christ's body. Each of you is a part of it. Now, that's the weird part's over. <laughs> Not really. It's going to get weird. All right, here we go. I want you to see this. This is going to freak all the people out. But this is a big argument that he's making, okay? This is a big argument that he's getting ready to make about how the body functions and how it works, okay? This one's a little, i got to be careful with that one. How it functions and how it works and why all of it is important. Let me fit this right here. There we go. Now, he makes several arguments. I want to kind of walk through it just to help us understand that when I'm talking about spiritual gifts, when I'm talking about you being gifted, I want you to think about the parts of the body, okay? And if it disturbs you, good. It's supposed to disturb you, okay? Here's why. Because it looks awfully weird when it's not on a body, right? Now, this is how we approach some of these giftings when it comes to our view of the church, the church has become, especially, and this is a big deal for us, because what was unclear or what was not really focused on in the generation before us is lost in the generation currently, okay? And that is this understanding of your gifts and how it functions within the body. So what was unclear to the generation before us is now lost in this current generation. This is why it matters. So all of a sudden, we start looking at church. Church becomes this thing where we go and view, we go pay attention, we go watch a few gifted leaders and volunteers just work their parts off. That's what we do. Okay? That's what church ends up being. Matter of fact, we're going to make this a little more disturbing and put some context to it right there. There you go. Right? Pastor Don. All right. That, that to me is one of the reasons that the church is so dysfunctional. That's one of the reasons that the individual people in a church don't experience the power within them because they have viewed church for so long as something like, well, we see gifted people working their parts off, and I'm not them. I'm not, the, thank goodness, I'm not this person, right? I'm not this person or that person, or that person on the mission team or that person on this team. Like, I'm not them. I'm not gifted like they are. So I don't, I, yeah, I just move into this dysfunctional understanding of church. That the church is here to serve me. And those few that are gifted, those few that are kind of seen, are the ones that are doing all the work for the body. That's not how the body was made to function. This is a dysfunctional body. 
that doesn't experience any power. Now, there are some of those, some of those folks that on the opposite extreme, you're dialed in. Okay, you, you may not be able to list your gifts. You may not be able to list the gifts off, but you know what drives you. You know the voicing of God in you. You know the way in which you view things and the way in which you see, you see things. And you have spent your life evaluating churches and discussing churches based on your giftedness, based on your view, based on your ability to do something. I got to go to a teaching church because I'm a teacher. Like you could, there's something about that for me. I need classes and I need these things. I want to be a part of a teaching church so that I can be around more teachers that validate my gifting and my thoughts and what I believe is most important. Or maybe it's, maybe it's like the all-hands worship church. You know, that's, that's what I want to be a part of, right? I'll go find me the all-hands worship church that are more hands and more, more exhortation and more spiritual connectedness. But I can be a part of that church because that is really what church should be. Or maybe it's, you know, the all feet of Christ marching social justice church, right? I want to be around more feet. I want to be around more people who, who have the gift of serving and helps and mercy and care about the right things. So I'm going to go be a part of those. And again, all you're doing is moving from one dysfunctional body to another. It's not really the body of Christ. It's not the way it's supposed to work. It's not the way in which Paul talked about the body, meaning our gifts, our giftedness, functioning in power while we're connected to the body. Now, you're going to see this. If you don't see this in churches, you can at least see this in your family. Just, just think about your family for a minute. If you're married, you can think about spouse, but family, it doesn't really matter. Your family, these gifts show up. Even if you don't know what your gifts are, I'm telling you your gifts show up. This is me and my wife. I'll, I'll pick on my wife and me for a minute, okay? Um, I'm, I, one of my gifts is uh, encouragement, you know, exhortation. That's one of my gifts. My wife's gift mix is different than mine. One of hers is uh, prophecy. One of hers is prophet. And so, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll talk to somebody and be like, oh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've got a New Year's resolution. Here's my word for the year. And I'm just like, yes, that's awesome. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All right. Right? My wife wants to encourage and says, that's great. That's fantastic. But she's also a prophet. She's a warner. Right? So she's like, that's great. Hey, listen, peace brings life to the body. But you know what? Envy rots the bones, so be careful. Right? Now, are both true? Right? Are both scripture? Are both true? Yes? Are both necessary? The problem is, is that you and I will be so driven without even knowing it by this powerful urge in you. That's the power of God in you, by the voicing and the gifting you've been given to make church all about your gift. You fail, just like Paul says, you misunderstand the body. And I can't say to the ear, I don't need you. I don't need you. And that really becomes the last thing that that I see happening in the church. This is disturbing enough, I'll take that off. You know, that's what I see happening in the church as well, is, you know, the folks that, you know, they claim to be Christian, but let's just face it, they're not connected to the body at all. Even if they come to church, they don't come that often. They're not connected. There is no connectivity in their life. They think their life's purpose is one thing. They think it's all about this. Church is just an add-on. Church is just, a, just an option. If I can get all the rest of my life figured out, then I'll fit more church in. And I'm just telling you, they are, they are a dismembered part of the body. There is no power in them at all. And you're, you're outside of the church and you're outside of the body of Christ and you're thinking about what's wrong with the body because you still have gifts in you, you still have the power of God in you, but you're not experiencing it 
because you're not connected. Because you're not connected to the body. That's where power comes from. Your purpose comes from. We're going to talk more about that in a few weeks. So this is one of those things. I, I don't know what your journey has been up to this point. I don't even know if you've been a part of a church environment that maybe spent a lot of time preaching and talking about the experience of using the gifts that God's given you. All I can tell you is you need to be open to the possibility that you've got a misunderstanding. That you've got a misunderstanding of how it all works in the body. That's the purpose of this gift of journey. That's the purpose of us walking through this. Because if you're not experiencing the power of God, you feel stuck, you feel like you're spinning your wheels, you're not having the impact that you feel like you need to have, then it's really possible that you are not living in your giftedness. So you're not experiencing the power that comes with it. Now the second reason, second reason we'll spend a little more time on this next week, but the second, the second reason is distractions. And when I say distractions, I'm talking about distractions very specifically as, as, a, as a misorder of your priorities. And because of that, we get distracted easily in terms of our distractions. Now, Paul, you know, Paul would use this example of the body several times as he talks about spiritual gifts. Every time he talked about spiritual gifts, he most often, if he's going to reference a picture, a visual, he talked about the parts of the body. I love this, and this I'm going to use the message paraphrase in, um, in uh, Romans 12. We're going to switch to Romans 12, another part where he talks about how God has gifted us. And here's, here's what it says. It says, you know, in this way, and talking about the, the way in which we serve each other through the body, he says, this way we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. And he says, each of us find our meaning and function as part of the body. What's big about this for me is it, it just helps us understand that there is an order to things as we move in our giftedness, as we try to experience the power of God through the gifts he's given us. There's an order to things. And that order is not so much the, the, what he's talking about here in terms of priorities, like the hand and the foot does not give meaning to the body, okay? Meaning, this is the way I interpret it, meaning that your actions don't give your life purpose. Your behavior doesn't give your life meaning. If that's the way we approach life, guys, we are we're really no diff different than atheists and agnostics because that's how they approach life. That my actions and my behaviors and my outcomes bring meaning to my life. And that's not the way it works. God says, no, there is a body that you are a part of. There's a body that you've been gifted. You are a part of a much larger body. And that body gives you function and purpose. That body gives you the power to live, where you live, work, and play to live out and experience the power of God through your giftedness. That's where you get it from. It comes from the body. It doesn't come from your actions and your behaviors. So where I come at it from distractions is one of the reasons we do not experience this power is because when we feel like, when we feel like, and this goes back to even what we talked about with New Year's resolutions and one word, right? It's always centered around what we're going to do. It's always centered around what we're going to do differently this next year. Nod your head if you're with me, right? we're going to do differently. What am I going to do that's different than last year and to do things? Because I want because we've been kind of, we live in a society that's so outcome-based that we got to change what we do in order to change the outcome. But guys, in order to experience lasting change 
in order to truly have an impact where you are not spinning your wheels year after year after year, is you have to start with who you are and let who you are dictate what you do. Who you are is you are a part of a body. You're a part. If you are connected with a healthy church and a healthy body of Christ, you are a part of a body. And the body gives the part its meaning and its function, not the other way around. But when we think it's about all what we do, I'm just throwing it. When, you, when it's all about what we do, man, we are so easily distracted. We are so easily distracted with this life of activity and noise and, and, and interruptions. Because and, it's all about what we do. And we've, you know, you're seven days in. You've already broken your resolution on eating. I know you have. I'm looking at your eyes, right? Because, again, again we think eating better will cause us to be healthy. And the reality is, is that you have to get to a place where you, you as a person have landed on the fact that you're going to be healthy and that you are healthy. And you will act from it, I promise you. That's the, and when you do this, when you understand who you are and you let it dictate what you do, you are a whole lot less distracted. So one of the reasons we don't experience this power is we are so distracted by the, by the, by the resolutions and the one words and the behavior-oriented, outcome-based destination-driven Christian life we were sold. And there's no power there. The power comes from, as Paul said, being connected to the body and understanding that that's where you get your purpose and function. That's where he comes. That's where being connected to the body, the part, the hand, the foot, the head, the ear, the eye, it gets its meaning and function from being connected to the body. And that's why, that's why all the parts matter. You can't just be an apostle. We need apostles and we need teachers, right? We need, we need, uh, you know, we need people with wisdom along with the people that have special knowledge and discernment. We need people of faith, but we also need leaders and administrators. You know, we need every single gift out of this great variety of spiritual gifts. We need them all to function and to bring about that who we are we start to believe that and we will be less distracted with the behavioral outcomes of our life. Always based on what we do. And some of that is driven by this third piece in terms of why we're so behavior oriented, why we're so driven by what we're going to do so differently is because ultimately, one of the reasons we don't experience the power of God through our gifts is because we don't really trust God. It's a faith conversation. It's a faith issue. We don't really trust that God's word says what it says and that it means what it says for you and for me. So here I am reading scripture verses and talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit inspiring these authors to write a letter and to record these things for you and for me to help you understand that you have been gifted by God. And there's something in you that still feels like, I don't know if that's true. I don't really know if that's true. That's one of the reasons you, what, what gifts? Because you don't really know if it's true. Now, one of my favorite stories, we got to do this last year when we did the study in the time of Judges, and we got to do the story of Gideon. We talked about the, the, the person of Gideon, and he's one of my favorite stories, primarily because he is a story, his whole story is a story of trust and faith. I'll just put a few scripture verses up there as it launches the beginning of his story in Judges 6. When we meet Gideon, he's living in fear. He's, at the, he's living in a time when really God has kind of abandoned his people. Not really truly abandoned, but it sure did feel that way. 
They were in the, the back end of, some, of a time of judgment. And they were being overrun by the Midianites and they were struggling and he was living in fear. And he was, I mean, at the time that God approaches him, he's in a ditch, he's in a pit, you know, just threshing some wheat, trying to get food for his family just to survive. And the angel of the Lord approaches Gideon. He's getting ready to change the tide. I love these words. Here's in Judges 6 as he starts off. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, of course, Gideon responds and goes, I beg your pardon? You know, it was one of those moments where Gideon goes, look, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because, you know, we, we, we feel pretty forgotten. He kind of ignored the mighty hero part. He, he goes back to that later, but he says, yeah, I don't, I don't really get that. The Lord doesn't seem to be here. Lord, the Lord doesn't seem to be with us. And then, and then the angel, the Lord, responds back to Gideon, gives him another charge. And he says this in verse 14. He says, the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. And rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. He, it's very simple. The angel goes, hey, Gideon, th- you know, thanks for the response. Let me, you, you interrupted me. I'm not done yet. So the angel says, no, I want you to go. We're going to change everything. I want you to go in the strength that you already have. And you're going to rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. And at that point, you know, it kind of gets clear for Gideon. Again, he goes back to the mighty hero and the I'm sending you part and the strength that you have part. And that's when the excuses start. That's when the excuses start. Because when we, when we don't trust God, excuses come quickly, right? They come really quickly. Here's Gideon saying this. He says, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Like that's a kind of a big thing. How can I rescue Israel? My clan, I love how he blames everybody else, right? He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And he says, and I, I am the least of my entire family. My version of this is Gideon goes back to the angel and says, look, I'm the nobodyest nobody of nobodies I know, right? I'm the nobodyest nobody in this entire land of somebodies. So that's the, I don't know what excuse you give, but that sounds a lot like our excuses. He doesn't trust God. He doesn't understand. There's no faith there. And once again, the angel responds, after he's given him some specific instructions of what to do, he says, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. One of the reasons I love that verse is because um, Gideon, just like us, Gideon is just like us in terms of the temptation is, boy, God, that's going to be great. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Right? Why don't you go ahead and do that? Let's just do that thing that you do and you swoop in and do it. And the angel says, no, 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 I'm sending you. I want you to go in the strength and the power that you have that I've already given you. I want you to go there. Then you're going to be involved and you're going to be engaged and you're going to do it just like you were. All you can do is fight one man. That's fine. You're still going to do it. I'm going to take care of everything else. He says, I'm with you. I am with you. But you're going to have to still do something. You're still going to have to engage what I've already given you. You're still going to have to go in the strength that I've already given you, Gideon, mighty hero. You're going to have to go just like you were fighting one man, but you are, by, that, by, by the fact that I'm with you, it's going to happen. You're, going to, you're going to save the Israelites. You're going to free them from the Midianites. As, as easily, or what he says easily, is fighting one man. I love that story. It just kicks off his story. You can read the rest of the story. It's just awesome. But I love that story because it just, again, kind of speaks into this world of, 
you know, sometimes we just don't experience the power of God through the gifts that he's already given us. They're already there. They're already inside of us. They've already been, we've already been empowered with them. They're just lying dormant because we don't really trust that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. We don't really trust that if I were to begin to understand it better, if I were to begin to get less distracted and grip my purpose in life from the body, if I were to begin to just kind of walk down this path, I can't really trust that God is going to come through. So we don't go there. We don't even engage it. We, are, we go one more year where we don't understand any of the gifting that God's given us. And we don't experience the power that he's already put in us, that he's already put in you. Now, if you're like me, and you've followed God for any period of time, you have asked him in prayers to show up. You have prayed and you have asked God and you have said, God, I would just wish you would show up in power. I wish you would come in like a mighty wind. I wish you would take that mountain and move it. I, God, I pray that you would come and your power would move. If you've been following God for any period of time, I can promise you, you've had some of those prayers in private to God. And I'm here to tell you that he has already given you the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And one of the ways in which you need to begin to experience it is you have to, have to begin to unleash that power by engaging, exercising, and using the gifts that he's given you. Because that's how he created the body. Look, I'm, you know, if you've known me for the last few years, I've been working on this heart thing. People, most people can't tell because I got, you know, because I look amazing. Um, but, um, you know, I've been dealing with a heart thing that happened a few years ago. I had a viral, a viral cardiomyopathy that happened, and my heart's still not back 100%. It's, I'm still going through, got an MRI scheduled next month, and it's kind of walking through this journey of health. But the reality is for me, I it doesn't take long for you to realize how important all the parts of the body are until one of them starts to freak out right? And it's so clear when I go back to read 1 Corinthians 12, when he says, look, when, all, when, when one part of the body suffers, all the parts of the body suffer, right? Gosh, I'm feeling that so much in my own body. And yet when one part of the body is, is doing well, other parts can, 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 can rejoice in that, can be glad in that. So if you haven't personally experienced this and you haven't experienced it in your family, you haven't seen it in your life group, and you're not experiencing it in your church yet, I can promise you it has a whole lot to do with you not really believing that you're gifted, not really engaging in an understanding of the gifts that God's given you. So that's the challenge for this gifted journey. Matter of fact, this is a little self, uh, self-talk. Just say this out loud. I am gifted. I am gifted. Say it again. I am gifted. One more time. Now, you may have to say this about 100 more times, and I don't believe in kind of self-affirmation, but I do believe sometimes you need to be able to state things that you struggle with. And you can put the emphasis anywhere you want to. It can be like, I, I am gifted, right? Because I know Matt's gifted, I know they're gifted, I know she's gifted, but you need to start believing that you are gifted. I am gifted, not that I could be or I should be or I might be, but I am. Maybe the emphasis is just on the word gift because you don't understand the spiritual gifts that God's given you. They change everything. It aligns with your purpose. It helps you understand why, you, why you're here. 
It's going to bring about transformation in your life and in the life of those you love. And you're going to go another year. You can, you, listen, you could go another year somewhat feeling like it's just a spinning of the wheels or you can actually begin to see impact made by who you are and therefore what you do. That's what's possible when you go down this path, when you go down this journey. So what I, what I did this morning came out about 10.15. I sent an email to everybody here. I sent an email to the folks in our church just giving you an assignment, giving you a challenge over this month. And the first thing I want you to do is take an assessment. Firstly, it's just a free thing. You can pay for some, but you know, we, and we, there's lots of different ones you can use. But if you've never, ever understood what your gifts might be, and it's not perfect, no, no assessment ever is, but at least you can take a quick assessment, I think it's like 30, 30 plus questions, and it'll bring you back this kind of reference to, hey, it's really possible that these are your top five kind of gift mix, kind of gifts in your life. So it gives you come target to start looking at what your gifts might be and start studying them. Part of that study is the book that we wrote. And the book that I wrote is very much a resource for this series, but we believe God will use it even more. Um, it's got the first uh, several chapters are just about, again, why we're gifted. And then the last part of it is a glossary where you actually can walk through individual gifts. And again, it's just a starting point for you. As you learn what your gift mix is, you can take the ebook, and we'll have a paperback hopefully in a couple weeks available. But you can take the ebook and begin to look and study. Here's the gifts, that, here's, the, here's how this functions and might work in my life. Hopefully it won't be a surprise to you. It'll be stuff you already recognize. And the third is a prayer uh, journal. If you've never done this before, I just challenge you to do it. Prayer journal is uh, just something where you, you kind of open yourself up to, to, be, to write down whatever God says to you when you pray. And if you're anything like me, listen, it's just, it changes day by day. Sometimes I don't have anything written because I didn't feel like God said anything to me, although I prayed a lot. And there are some times where I feel like I hardly got a word in edgewise and my whole page is filled because I feel like God's just pouring something out to me. It's a prayer journal. I gave you four big passages to read. That goes in the email, but it's a four big passages, just weekly kind of focusing on one passage at a time. And just write, just write down what God might be saying to you in the midst of this. Just do this for the month. You, you do it for the whole year. It's totally up to you. Maybe that's not a discipline you, you enjoy, but maybe do it for the month. Just to see during this little gifted journey what it is going to be for you and what God might be saying to you in terms of how he wants to unleash that power within you through your gifts. Let's pray together. God, I'm so thankful for the way in which you have gifted your body. I'm so thankful for the visual of the parts of the body because, God, it is true, you know, a foot all by itself is just gross. And, 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 and God, understanding that, that when we're not connected to the body, when we're not connected to the bigger understanding of you and to the local church and to the, and to the kingdom, when we're not connected and functioning healthy in there, we are just a dismembered body part. And all the power and all the gifting that you've given us can't be experienced. So God, thank you for that visual, and thank you for making us be able to fit. I love that when, when Paul said that you have put all of it together perfectly, everywhere you want it to be. God, nobody in here was, was, was given a gift by accident. Everyone here has been gifted on purpose for a purpose that you've called us to. Thank you for that. As this begins this uh, journey today, God, I pray that 
you would, I know the distractions are going to come to those watching online, to those that are here, the first service and second service. I know the distractions are going to come. I know that immediately when people start to engage this, there's going to be a whole lot of their to-do list in their life they're just going to get overwhelmed with. And God, I pray that you will overcome those distractions. That as people take a step, they would begin to learn. And as they begin to learn and understand and not misunderstand, but understand how they fit and their giftedness fits in the bigger part of the body, God, that you would just explode with power in their life. That you would reveal purpose and help them transform and begin to help them experience an impact from their walk with you. And so, God, I'm just praying that you'll use everything, the resources, the sermons, the guides, their personal study, God, that you would use everything this month to help us truly transform to understand how we have been gifted by you. And it will unlock and unleash the power of you, God, in our lives. That's my prayer. God, thank you so much that you are the one who answers our prayer. In your name, Jesus, amen.